Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, well, today we are going to be doing a mental health check-in, our post-holiday mental health check-in. We're going to be answering a listener question about how to talk to kids about parental estrangement. So when you're not close with your parents and your kids are wondering why, We're also going to be talking about COVID guilt. A lot of people are coming down with COVID now. A lot of us who are super cautious um, for a long time, and that can bring up feelings of guilt and shame for a lot of people. So we're going to chat about that as well. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Well, (laughs) I know. Like, catch me up. It's been a minute. I know. Goodness gracious. Yeah, you had like a whole trip. (laughs) I did have a whole trip. I did. What did you do? Uh, Nothing. Literally nothing. I, like, I cleared off my schedule. Mm -hmm. I didn't go see family. Mm -hmm. I didn't really do anything with friends. I just stayed at home, took time off work, and watched TV and movies. And it snowed. It snowed in Seattle, which is a rare thing. So oh, I was, that's kind of magic. It was to the, but it was like to the point of where I was snowed in. So like oh. I really didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I was, like I couldn't leave my house because <laughs> there was so much snow. <laughs> Isn't that such a California thing for me to say? Like, oh, that's magic, and you're like, no, actually, it sucks. Thank you. Yeah, I live on the top of a very steep hill, and it just was. I mean, it was. I didn't hate it. Like, I yeah. Was, fine i didn't have to do anything i already had the week off like um but yeah it it was nice it was really nice actually that's Um, good gosh i mean i don't i think i feel like a week of no plants would give me a little anxiety though sure does it for you no it really doesn't you're like no i'm relishing it (laughs) (laughs) my mom was like like do you wish you had christmas plans and i was like no i i don't actually like i I ordered like tons of good snacks and groceries and like just hold up for a week and it did it for me. It was great. That does feel really nice. Yeah, it was it was nice. But I mean you went to New York. Oh, so I had the opposite yeah. holiday experience, which was yeah, we went to New York. Um, but I mean, as you know, there was a massive COVID outbreak in New York right. the week we were going. Right. And so we've had this trip planned forever, forever. I mean, I've had it planned for a very long time. And we were doing a home exchange, so which means we were staying in someone else's home. But we were doing a non-simultaneous exchange, which means different people were staying in my home. Uh. So this COVID outbreak happens. And I mean, people are like, don't come. Everyone I know in New York had COVID. Yeah. I mean, I barely got to see anyone I knew. We got to see my nephew halfway through the trip. Because he had COVID (laughs) and he was waiting to test negative before we saw him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we didn't get to see his boyfriend at all. Um, It was just, yeah, it was was a mess. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, this is happening. And I'm like, I think we should probably cancel. But then I didn't want to displace this family that was coming to stay in our house. Sure. Because, you know, they're bringing little kids and this is their whole Christmas thing and they're taking them to Disney. Right. Oh, yeah. So I, of course, as I do, just completely spiraled for like five days of back and forth one minute to the next. We are definitely not going. No, we are going. No, we're definitely not. Like five days of just, you know, indigestion, (laughs) literally and figuratively, stress, anxiety. This A decision spiral is a bad place for me. They're so rough. And Matthias, like literally also every five minutes I'm telling myself, you're stressing out about a vacation. Like, and you tell, you know, it's like, you can rationally know that, like, Mm -hmm. you are stressing out about nothing. This is peak privilege problems. And yet, you know, it's still real. Well, it it is. The anxiety is still real. Yeah. Even when you know that rationally the problems are minimal. Well, and I mean, not only that, I mean, and I mean, we're going to talk about this, like in the COVID guilt section in a little bit, but like, it's so... I mean, it's not just the vacation mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. you're having to to manage. You're having to manage the reality of like, there is this pandemic, but yes. everything that comes with it too. Right. Of what goes into a choice to go, what goes into a choice not to go. I mean, yeah. It, there's so much more than just You're vacation. right. You're right. And you know, because I was dealing with my own feelings of COVID guilt of like, should I be traveling right now? You know, right. if there's an outbreak, what if we go and get COVID? What if we go and get it and bring it home? You know, um, am I being irresponsible? Um But, you know, ultimately, I kind of, I mean, the place that I have landed is we are vaccinated. And I think unless we are willing to go back into complete isolation, which we did, my family did for a year and a half. Right. um, But unless we're willing to go back to that, I just think we're going to live our life as, Mm. as responsibly as we can. Sure. I mean, we wore masks. We ate outside, you know. But we did. Yeah, we we went to New York. It was it ended up being despite all of that stress. It was a lovely trip. We had a really good time. Good. Um, we got to stay in a really beautiful house. And um, we got to see a number of shows. Most of the shows we bought were canceled. Mm-hmm. So that was also really stressful because that was my Christmas gift. Uh. <laughs> like I literally had in envelopes printed tickets to give my kids Christmas night when we arrived in New York. And I'm literally pulling tickets out day by day Mm. (laughs) as the shows are canceled. Um, (laughs) But again, this, I recognize that this is, you know, these are problems of privilege. We ended up seeing different shows that were maybe even better than the shows we were going to see, you know, but yeah, it's still so disappointing. And, like, yeah. and I think like whatever level that that we're at, whether it's a trip to New York City or whether it's you know just like dealing with l- local things shutting down, like, yeah. th- there's a level of disappointment that comes. Yeah. Even when we can acknowledge the privilege of it, of like we don't get to do what we wanted, and yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, it is hard, and you know, I mean, when I was at my low moments, I just was feeling like you know, my I have one who's is senior next year. Like I don't have that much more time with my kids before they have real jobs, you know, or are in college and like, can't just take off on a trip. 
So it just, it did kind of feel like if we don't do this, like this probably, this New York trip when their kids probably won't happen if we didn't mm-hmm. do it now, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. also, I mean, the fact of the matter is I had, I mean, and really, really was the decider is like, we could, we couldn't go to, we couldn't stay in our house. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we were displaced. So yeah. I had free lodging in New York or I was going to have to find us a hotel that would fit six of us. Oh. In Orange County at Christmas. I mean, it was, I was looking, like it was absurd. (laughs) Which honestly sounds just as risky in some ways. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, and that's what I was really feeling. I kept saying, I know it's going to happen. We're going to not go on this trip because of the surge happening in New York. And that surge is going to be here in a week. And that is exactly what has happened. Yeah. We're having a terrible surge here. So, But anyway, we went, we masked, we thus far have tested negative for COVID, so. Good. But, I mean, we'll get to this in a minute, but I keep, I keep saying as I say that, you know, I don't want to sound smug, like we didn't get, you know, we could have gotten COVID. Totally. Like, it's not like we didn't get COVID, so therefore we're good. (laughs) It was okay. You know what I mean? Right. We could have right. we could have easily caught COVID. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That just I mean that just feels like the reality, right? Yeah, now. it does. And with my kids back in school, I mean yeah. I think it's a matter of time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I just there's a part of me too that also feels worried that like is this what holidays are going to look like for the foreseeable future like are we just going to have a new surge every winter i hope not i hope not too i mean have you heard i don't know i have not verified this so maybe i shouldn't be saying it on a podcast but have you heard about the the vaccine in development or in clinical trials right now that is supposed to like handle any and all strains of covid like yes yeah yes i don't know that i believe (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm like don't get my hopes up again (laughs) i know but but i think and i think the one that's in development is supposed to provide like you know actual immunity i mean the vaccines we have are wonderful at reducing poor outcomes Mm -hmm. and hospitalization but they are obviously not effective in keeping us from getting COVID. Right, right. They reduce. They definitely reduce. But yeah. And then I did listen to, and I'll link this up. I did listen to the, do you ever listen to the daily, the New York Times podcast? I've listened to it a single time. Yeah. I listen to it every day because <laughs> I'm a nerd. That. And like, it is my morning routine. <laughs> like, it's weirdly <laughs> soothing. Um. Michael Babara is like my best friend. But anyway, um, I did listen to their episode on it recently. And the guy, they had an expert on and he was cautiously suggesting and you know, I think nobody wants to make a prediction anymore at this point. But he did cautiously suggest that this variant because it is so contagious, but much milder, might lead us to some more herd immunity. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, I'll link that up. Yeah. Well, what have you got for two thumbs up today? Okay, so I I actually kind of got this idea out of 
our little Facebook group, which I feel like we've pulled a lot from yes. <laughs> for today's episode. But there, there was someone on there asking about like favorite e-reader tablet. And it reminded mm-hmm. me that I bought a new e-reader hmm. last year mm-hmm. that I love. And it was one that I had never heard of before. So it's by a brand called Books, B-O-O-X. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're like a, a European brand. I don't know. They don't sell a lot of them here in the United States, um, but they're available everywhere else in the world. Uh, and the thing that I love about it is that it's not bound to a specific brand. So, you know, like you get your Amazon mm-hmm. Kindle or, mm-hmm. you know, the Barnes and Noble Nook or, or whatever, yes. but then you can only read, Yeah, you know, you're kind of tied into that ecosystem. And I read a lot from an app called Scribd. Um, yes. That is, you just pay $9 a month, you get unlimited eBooks, unlimited audiobooks. It's yes. amazing. But Scribd won't run on any of those e-ink tablets. Oh, are you serious? Mm-mm. I didn't no. know that. Yeah. And so books solves that problem mm. because you can run any app on it. <laughs> oh, cool. And so, I mean, I can like do my grading on it when I'm grading my students' papers. I can, you know, read from Scribd. I can, I have the New York Times on it. Like, I mean, I know you can do a lot of that stuff with your Kindle, but you're not tied and it's not hard. I mean, it's just like an Android mm-hmm. tablet that is e-ink, so it doesn't you know, mess up your eyes. Um, this is fascinating. I'm looking at the website. They have a monitor. Yeah. A computer monitor. Oh, do they? I they do. That. I cool. might buy this <laughs> because I have such issues with backlighting and staring right. at backlighting all day. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, I like this. It's pretty too. Right. Their stuff is really well designed. It's beautiful. It works super well. Like I, I am obsessed with it. They're a little bit, of course, like they're a little bit pricier than yeah. like a Kindle. Yeah. Um, but because I'm not then having to buy a book that Scribd has for free mm-hmm. on my Kindle app, like it justified the cost for me. Um, and I, I love it. So, so a books tablet, they have a lot of different sizes, a lot of different varieties. They have mm-hmm. color. I didn't even know they made color e-ink, but they have color and black and white oh, versions. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh. Ooh, interesting. I'm so happy I found out about this because I I remember for a while I was looking for an e-ink monitor. And at the time there was like – I mean, this was like three years ago. At the time there was like one company in Japan and it was like $3,000. Totally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the technology, I think, you know, has evolved, it looks like, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, my – computer monitor at home is a really old um lcd monitor that i bought off ebay because led bothers me so bad yeah i hate led lighting yeah me too i hate it it, yeah like i it's i will pack light bulbs in a suitcase like (laughs) And As I know you should listen. I know it's terrible <laughs> for the environment, but you can pull my incandescent bulbs out of my cold, dead hands. Like I'm just not willing. It's so LED lighting is so bad. It, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, and they, you can't buy it in California anymore. Yeah, I don't think you can buy them here either. Yeah, like, no, I. Yeah, you have I'm, to like order them special. <laughs> Oh, no. I'm, like, running them in from my family in Florida. Like, can you guys bring a box of light bulbs when you visit me? (laughs) I'm 
the worst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I swear LED gives me a migraine. That's fair. I swear it does. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Yeah, well, now you can get a monitor, so. Yeah, I'm, I think yeah. I'm going to. Um, okay, my two thumbs up is kind of boring, but related to what we're talking about is I did find some KN95 masks on Amazon that I really like. Um, and it's what we wore when we were in New York, which, mm. I, you know, I knew that we would be in the theater with many, many people. So yeah. Um, I was quite concerned about wearing good masks. So this brand is called Huheta. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that. H-U-H-E-T-E-A. I'll link it up. But the reason I bought this one is because they're different colors. It comes with, I think it was five of five different colors. And so for my family, it was like everybody has their color. So instead of like oh. us figuring out like, wait, whose mask was this? Everybody just has their color. Um, but I mean, they're decently comfortable. I do find KN95s to be very hot. I mean, you know, right. like if you're going to wear a good mask, it's going to be a yep. little rough. Yeah. I made my kids wear these to school today and they were like, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I do think they're very effective. I mean, I agree. I just... Yeah, I, I switched over to KN95 masks for everything, and now, and they're so annoying. And yeah, they are. But like the peace of mind <laughs> is really nice, and now, that's worth it to me. Do you throw yours away every day, or do you wear it a couple days in a row? Ugh, I should. I mean, this is another thing I probably should. I I know I wear them a couple days. Yeah, in a row. we do too. Yeah, we do right. too. People were asking that, and you know, I'll wipe it with a, you know with a disinfectant wipe and wear yeah. it the next day because they're I mean, expensive. Just, well, they're expensive. And my, I mean, this is my ignorance. Like someone's going to hear me say this and be like, that is not true, Matthias. I should actually look it up. But I'm like, doesn't the virus die within a few hours? Yes. Like, I'm like, it, yes, it again, does. Masks, I don't know. Masks probably don't work that way. <laughs> There's probably a reason you throw them away, but like, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, I would wear my cloth mask more than one day at a time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's same diff, right? Right. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm like three to five days. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, in any mask, cloth right. or otherwise. Unless I like worked out in it, then yes. Like. But I yeah. mean, I think that, you know, the, the literature is really showing us that the cloth masks are not nearly as effective. Right. Unfortunately. Um, it was funny, though, when we went to Lisbon, um, we started out the flight in cloth masks. I mean, just at that time, a month ago, that's what most of us were wearing. And then we had a layover in Germany. And it was so funny. I mean, we didn't get the memo, but we step out into the airport. We are the only people in that entire airport wearing cloth. Really? Everyone is wearing KN95s. Interesting. Everyone. And we were like, oh, like we felt so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that states were a little behind on upping the mask game. Well, we're just behind on the mask uh, game in, in general. <laughs> yeah. And everything else. <laughs> Not everything. Not everything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that COVID guilt phenomenon. I yeah. actually had a little bit, I 
I had started a little bit of a conversation about this on my Instagram and I got so many fascinating comments that I just started screen grabbing them mm. and reposting them because I just mentioned it. But, you know, I just know so many people who are catching COVID right now, very people who were very cautious. Yeah. And it's really, it's really messing with their heads. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a friend who said this and I thought it was interesting. You know, she's like, we did moralize it from the beginning. It was stay home and save lives, right? Right. And so it did feel like not catching COVID was how you were, you know, you were saving lives. And so then to catch it feels like you've done something wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, yes, like that was... I mean, when you started talking about this, when when you told me we were going to talk about this, like that was the first thing that popped into my head was the the way we have moralized it. Like like mm-hmm. somehow, if you catch COVID, it's a moral failing. Yeah, that you didn't do something right. Right. That you weren't careful enough. That it reflects on you and your personal choices and your decision making. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and we also, I mean, at least in my world, I, I mean, I feel like whether I like this or not, we demonized a whole group of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and said, like, y'all are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you're morally bad and you don't care about people. Yeah. Um, and and now I think, and, and in some ways, like, there's, it's so complex. It's but, complex. But, like, now we're having to, to reckon, I think, with that <laughs> in, in some ways. Of course, there's major differences too. Well, but talk like what do you think is the difference? Because I agree with you, but I'm curious yeah. what you think. Yeah, I you know I think the difference is like whether you have been trying to be safe and careful, yeah, from the beginning as opposed to like like I think often at least I'll, I'll speak for myself like because I have worked so hard to mask to get vaccinated to follow to my best the best of my ability like the science that is out there to isolate when i need to you know not eat in restaurants you know, like blah 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 like i i can i i've moralized that too like i'm yeah. a good person yeah. <laughs> people who yeah. don't do that are bad people um but if i catch covid now like that messes i think with the the good part of me that I've constructed, even yeah. though I still think those things are good and not doing those things are bad. <laughs> like, that yeah. still is true. But I think, you know, I do think the critical difference at this point is that we're vaccinated, right? Like, right. we have, everyone has the opportunity to get vaccinated. We know that for most people, the vast majority of people that I know that there are some people who can't be vaccinated. I mean, I know that there are, you know, people with young kids for whom this is incredibly stressful, people who have, um, you know, immune disorders. But for the vast majority of people, they can go get vaccinated. Um, And so I do think at this point, it's like, most of us are making decisions to loosen up. Right. You know, like my kids are in physical school. I kept them out of physical school until they were vaccinated. Right. Um, so I think that's different now. You know, it is different yeah. than last Christmas where it was like nobody was vaccinated yet and we needed to all stay home. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't know. I Yeah, I think that that part is different, too. And I think 
And and I think that this strain is really different also. <laughs> yes. Like people who have been so I have so many friends who are like I have no idea where yeah. we could have caught this. To- totally same. I mean like people who who have been and are still so careful. Yeah. Like, like like I think that goes back to our earlier conversation of like you didn't get COVID that you know of yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just as could have easily. Oh, gotten, I totally could have gotten I, it. Like, I feel the same way. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, I want to be also just very transparent. Like I also, before this variant became crazy, like we had unmasked holiday parties in my house Yeah, mm-hmm. with vaccinated friends. Like, I mean, and I have always said this, I will ebb and flow with what's happening you know, with the numbers and with the research, and now we're back to masking, you know, I wouldn't have that party today. But um, we very easily could have all gotten COVID at that party, too. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, it is it it is an ever changing situation. It is. And and I I think that I mean, then the yeah, that's guilt that comes out of it. Like, that's the part that I think is 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 really difficult to deal with yeah because not only do you have covid then you have the feeling guilty like you've done something wrong yeah when really i mean you've you've caught a virus that's that's all that has happened yeah 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 and i think you know we all have to just do diligence of like do the best that we can but Yeah. yeah i think i don't think anyone should be feeling badly and i think you know a part of it too i think is we can't really be blaming other people for giving us COVID at this point either because it's no. so easy to catch. Right. Like with this right. new variant. I mean, I think, you know, for a long time it was like if you caught COVID from someone, it was maybe because they were being irresponsible, you know. Right. But mm-hmm. now it's like you can catch it from anybody. <laughs> yeah. No matter but- how responsible or irresponsible they've been. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is so transmissible. <laughs> like, I think yeah. I read somewhere, again, I don't know this to be a fact, but I think I read somewhere that it's like one of the most transi- transmissible viruses yes. ever charted in history. Yes. They're saying it's as transmissible as the measles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I really can't believe we didn't get it in New York. <laughs> I'm shocked. I haven't gotten it yet. I mean, I yeah. have been careful, but I have like, you know, gone to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I would get it there. Like, I think my kids are going to get it at school. I'm imagining I'm going to get it. I mean, I'm still seeing some clients in person, and I imagine it will happen. I mean, the funny thing about New York is even though they were having a massive surge, you had to show a vaccine card to get into the theater, and you mm-hmm. had to wear a mask. And they, it was different. You know, there was no um, drinks. There was no eating. It was like, you don't take this mask off. Right. In fact, in some of the shows we went to, they did a purse search and they made you throw away any food. Oh, interesting. And so we had gone to um, FEO Schwartz and the kids had gotten big candy bags for the plane the next day. Oh. And they had to throw them out. Oh, no. (laughs) Sucked. But I appreciate, I I mean, I get what they're doing. Like, they don't want you pulling your mask off for for any reason. So- in some ways, even though there was a massive surge, it felt safer than what we deal with on the regular basis of just living life. Yeah. Where people may or may not wear masks mm-hmm. or be vaccinated. You know, right. I mean, at my kid's school, I think the vaccination rates are, you know, 50%. Ugh. 
and mask compliance is, you know, iffy. Right. So. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm so ready for this to be over. Me too. I'm so ready. Me too. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this listener question. This is actually, this was discussed in our selfie Facebook group, which if you are not a member of, we highly encourage it is such a lovely group. I mean, it's so fun. Oh my gosh. And just people are so non-judgmental and supportive. And you, I just feel like you can ask anything in there mm-hmm. and it's just going to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but someone ta- was talking about how to talk to her kids about being estranged from her parents. Um, because, you know, the kids were growing up and kind of noticing like, hey, we don't spend time with your mother, but our cousins do. And this one really struck me because I am not estranged from my parents, but I don't have a close relationship with my mom. I really limit my interactions with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my kids know that and see that. And then I often feel concerned that I'm modeling for them that you can just kind of bail out on a relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that worries me. Yeah. <laughs> this is another thing that's so complicated. I know. Because I, I think the questions that come to my mind is like, it, like how do you both model the sense that boundaries are okay, mm-hmm. but also model what it looks like to work through difficult things and, and the reality that things do get really difficult in relationships. Right. And there are also times where you have to walk away. Like all of those things are true. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's right. like, I, I mean, I, it's tempting to say to my kids, like, well, I don't, you know, I have all these strict boundaries with my mom because she's really bad, but I won't be that bad. So you can't have those boundaries with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm not toxic. I'm just annoying. Or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like whatever I do can't possibly be as bad. So you can't do this to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's I, so tough. It's it's so tough. And, and, and I, I mean, I wonder... I mean, you can you can tell me because you have the lived experience here, but but like the difference between, well, okay, let me get a psych language here. <laughs> like yeah. it, in some of the models that that I work from, like we we have this idea of obstructive and rejecting objects versus welcoming objects. Mm-hmm. And, and what those means is is like you know, a welcoming object is you, you say to someone. Um, I want a glass of water. And that person says, okay, like here's some water. That's a, like, that's like a welcoming object. Yeah. An obstructive object is like, well, why do you need water? Um, yeah. A, a rejecting object would be like, you're an idiot for needing water. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you for needing water? Right. Right. And, and so, I, I mean, I think the, those differences, I mean, that's a very cartoon version, but of, of what even with your kids <laughs> to to be a welcoming object, it, whereas I imagine there's a reason why you have these boundaries with your mom. And, and my guess is she may not have been a welcoming object. <laughs> <laughs> that's safe to say she was not. But also <laughs> the boundaries are me saying, if you behave this way, I won't be around you. 
Right. And then her continuing to behave the same way. Precisely. Like me laying it out as clear as day. And then within five minutes of me walking into a room, her behaving the exact same way. Yeah. Um, and just also some of her views being incompatible with some of the diversity issues in my family is how mm-hmm. I'll put that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there, there's that side of it. But then also the question of like, how do you talk to your kids about why they don't have a grandma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, I have just tried to explain that really, really well. And I've, mm-hmm. and I, but then I always also try to say to my kids, if there is something that I do when you're an adult, if there is something that I do that makes you not want to be around me, I want you to tell me and I will stop. Yeah. You know, like that is just so important to me. And that's the part that is baffling to me as a mother. Like, if I was doing something that made my one of my children not be around me, I would I pull my shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go to therapy and I'd figure it out. Like, right. there's just nothing so sacred in my life that I couldn't do some behavior mod, right? For the time that I'm with my children. Mm-hmm. So, right, right, mm, yeah. Yeah, and that feels like a generational difference, I think, in some ways. Right? Do you think? I don't know. Like, I I mean, I have these same questions with, with my parents of, like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be similar when I have kids. I know with my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be very similar. Like, mm-hmm. I have a relationship, but we're not close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My kids will not see their grandparents very often right. unless a lot of things change. Right. And and so, I mean, those questions of, like, like knowing myself, like, I would change everything for my kids, and I don't even have kids. Right. Right. <laughs> I see what I changed in my life for my dog. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole different world. Like, in, in so... Do you think... I wonder if that generational difference has to do with... I feel like I'm pretty open to looking at my shortcomings. Yeah. And I feel like I'm I, I'm not precious about being older than my kids and thinking that that makes me wiser or being the parent and therefore thinking that I won't be fallible and human and an asshole sometimes. Right, right. And so I feel like once my kids are adults, there's no deference owed to me. And I have to be a good human to them. Right. Yep. And I and then I also feel like I know I'll mess up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's inevitable that I will mess up. Right. And I'm willing to hear it and then change. Where I feel like with my parents' generation, it's just like, you're still the kid. I'm still the adult. I'm older than you. And you have no right to ever question anything I've ever done. Yep. Yeah. It, that feels true. Yeah. Me. I mean, that's, that's, it feels similar to how my parents are. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's not a generational thing. Maybe it's a religious, I don't know. You know, yeah. maybe yeah. other yes. people are right. listening and saying, well, my parents don't behave that way. Right. 
Right, because I know plenty of people who have great relationship with their parents. I know, and I do too. Who are able to talk through these things? I do too. <laughs> so. I do too, and I would like to maybe be adopted. I'm just yeah. putting it out there <laughs> that I'm available. <laughs> I'm 47, and I'm a decent cook. <laughs> So, (laughs) womp, womp. Um, I'm curious. I mean, we're going off on a rabbit trail a bit, but I'm curious if you feel comfortable sharing. Do you get some holiday blues around your own family of origin stuff? Because I do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At times, like... And I feel like this is like one of those both end places because yeah. I have spent so many holidays alone for reasons other than being estranged from my family. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my family lived overseas for quite a while, mm-hmm. and just the logistics mm-hmm. of seeing for holidays just it it, it just didn't work. And and so I kind of yeah. got used to like, oh, these are my Christmas traditions. This mm-hmm. is how I do Christmas, and. So I, I've kind of always had that sense of, yeah, I, I love Christmas alone. And like when I really sit with it and like look at other families and what they do for the holidays, of course there's a sense of like, well, I wish I, I wish going home was a really positive experience. Yeah. 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 I feel that too. Yeah. I think that's that's where I get triggered is comparing and looking at other people's kind of warm experiences of returning home yeah. where my experience of returning home is very fraught and anxious. Right. You know, it's, it's like a gearing up. It's like a, it's actually a really horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I, I think that's where I get a little, yeah, I get the blues, you know, that I just don't have that. And it's hard because that's not a thing that you can, like you can, create a you know a a chosen family right which i feel that i have Mm -hmm. but you can't quite replicate the experience of going home no to a you know to parents um and yeah it's not always a positive experience for me right yeah right yeah yeah, Which I, I mean, think, I, honestly, I think is why I make us super busy at the holidays. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, I think totally. this is all like an anxiety response of like, busy, 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 go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I sat on my couch and bawled my way through a couple super cheesy Christmas movies. <laughs> And where the you like the family all got together and celebrated. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like why am I crying so much? And totally, like, that's some of it. Okay, yeah. last question to try to pull this up into a not as horrible. <laughs> it's like COVID guilt and family pain. Um, I must ask this of you it, because you got some good TV time in. What's the yeah. best thing you watched? Oh no. Okay. Um uh, I binged my way through <laughs> HBO's The 12 Dates of Christmas. Okay, I don't know a bit about this. Do I need to watch this? <laughs> okay. If you're into like 
drama-filled dating reality shows, you know, similar to Bachelor or Bachelorette. Like, I am so into those things. It was everything I have ever wanted. How did I miss out on this? Oh, my gosh. Like, I so it's reality. It's reality. It's a reality show. It's like, I only watched the first season. I'm going to watch the second season here really soon. But they whisk, like, all of these people over to a castle in Austria. And it's Christmas themed. There are three main people what? who are dating. And there's like constantly new people coming in in like Bachelor in Paradise fashion. But like, I mean, it's I'm just so like, into this. oh my gosh. Yeah. So total binge worthy, drama filled. Like it's, it's great. 12 Dates of Christmas. Okay. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I'm excited for this. The uh, My recommendation would be we binged. The Great, which oh, is... Oh, yeah. On, on Hulu? Mm-hmm. Which is about Catherine the Great. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching that one? No. I've just seen previews. It's so good. Okay. You need to watch it. It's okay. so good. It, the okay. second season just came out, so we've been binging the second season. It's mm. it's raunchy, full disclosure, Great. Um, and violent, um, okay. but it's hilarious. And really well done. Really well done. It It's almost like a play. It feels a little bit like a play. Oh, okay. Like a Moliere okay. play. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. Okay, great. All right. Well, that is it for this week. Pop into our Selfie Facebook group and we will continue the conversation. Yeah, I want to hear what other people binged over. Ooh, yes. Let's start a thread on that. Yeah. thanks for listening just a heads up we're therapists but we're not your therapists this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and by making it we're not rendering psychological or other professional services if you need therapy we recommend you track down someone to help join us online for more of the conversation in our selfie community facebook group or on instagram at at selfie podcast 